the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show, four days to Election Day. James Blend is producing, Clark Hilton Engineering, Dan Rice has given up the use of his office for the sake of the cause. Today we're going to share the Christian Outlook. I had the opportunity to host that program. It will feature Albert Moeller's big election announcement and a discussion on the significance of Amy Coney Barrett's confirmation and much more. We'll also talk about the lighter side of the news. So remind you that clocks, let's see, we spring forward, we fall back. That's this weekend. Uh, and, of course, All Saints Day is coming up on Sunday as well. First, we'll take a look at some of the news. Well, tens of thousands of Oregon elementary school students could be headed back to the classroom this fall after the state adopted new, substantially more flexible COVID-19 safety standards today. It's a major change that could reopen classrooms to younger students in smaller districts and rural communities by lowering the benchmarks by which Oregon measures whether schools can conduct in-person classes. Sadly, for students in Portland and other more densely populated areas of the state and for middle school and high school students in most of Oregon, remote learning will remain the norm. Infection rates are generally too high, excuse me, in 12 of Oregon's 36 counties to qualify for reopening, even under the liberalized standards. So some changes in place, and you can check to see if that has an impact in your household. Well, Oregon broke another record Thursday when officials reported 575 new confirmed and presumptive cases of coronavirus. The Oregon Health Authority also reported two more deaths linked to the virus. Now, the previous daily record was 550 new cases. It was set less than a week ago on Friday. Meanwhile, Thursday's record-breaking total pushed the state's daily average over the past week to 426 cases, also a new high. Oregon has reported at least 300 cases for 10 consecutive days. Now, Thursday's positivity rate was 6.9%. It indicated the high number of new cases is not simply a result of more testing, although officials did report more tests than usual. At least three Oregon counties, Clackamas, Jackson, and Washington, set records for daily cases reported by the health authority. Now, another troubling indicator they're telling us is the growing number of patients who are hospitalized. Yesterday, the state reported 179 people with confirmed COVID-19 cases who were actively hospitalized, uh, the highest number since the state began releasing figures way back in April. Of those, 59 were in intensive care units and 22 were on ventilators. The state still has uh, hundreds of available ICU beds, but if the current trajectory continues, officials have predicted Oregon hospitals could reach capacity by mid to late December. Well, with the 2020 presidential election just days away, four to be precise, many are speculating about what would happen if there's a tie in the electoral college vote. One possible outcome could be 
President Nancy Pelosi. Now, it's not likely, so you can take your chairs, take your seats. An Electoral College tie isn't entirely impossible and does have historical precedent. Well, the Electoral College consists of 538 votes distributed among all 50 states and Washington, D.C. To become president, a candidate has to win a majority of those votes, with 270 being the absolute minimum. But 538 is an even number, meaning there could be a scenario in which both candidates receive 269 electoral votes. In that outcome, the vote would go to the U.S. House of Representatives to break the tie. The vice president, meanwhile, would be chosen by the Senate in the case of a tie. This means that the U.S. could have a Republican president and a Democratic vice president. Well, if the House of Representatives can decide on the president and the Senate, has uh, chosen a vice president, then the vice president would uh, become the acting president until the matter was resolved. If either the uh, Senate nor the House, if neither, I should say, uh, can pick someone, then the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, would become acting president until both chambers of Congress decide on someone. Now, if you didn't have enough to you know, worry about and toss and turn about, <laughs> there's a scenario that's not very likely, but it could, I suppose, happen. Well, Hillary Clinton is going to serve as a Democratic elector for New York. And Mitch McConnell says Democrats have a 50-50 chance uh, or odds of flipping the Senate for control. The Democrats are making early voting history against Arizona Republicans. And election 2020 polls show Biden with a slim lead in Florida and a wider lead nationally with four days to go. Meanwhile, Tucker Carlson shared how UPS explained missing a package of the Biden family documents he had touted on his program. Well, Carlson used the uh, uh, Thursday night monologue to update viewers on a missing package of Biden family documents that was being shipped from New York to Los Angeles via UPS. Carlson was in Los Angeles when the package was shipped, preparing for an interview with former Biden family business partner, Tony Bobolinsky. Somewhere along the way, Carlson explained the contents of that package disappeared. Inside was a flash drive that contained primary documents pertaining to the Biden family. Those documents did not come from Tony Bobolinsky. And of course, we made a copy of those files before we sent them because we're careful. We get a lot of documents from a lot of different sources all the time, but especially in election years, he continued, before we put them on the air, we have to determine first whether they're real, whether they're newsworthy, whether we show them, we want to assess what we had and we're still assessing it. Well, UPS claimed the flash drive was found on Monday night by an hourly employee at the company's building on 43rd in New York City. They suggested it might have been sitting on the floor. Uh, They couldn't prove that because remarkably in a room where millions of high value packages are handled, there's no security camera. Hmm. That's just what they told us, he went on to say. Obviously, we had some questions about it, but UPS executives did not answer those questions. Well, Tucker Carlson's explosive uh, interview with Bobolinsky uh, drew some 7.6 million viewers as the mainstream media has ignored the story and plausible deniability. That's what Tony Bobolinsky claims the Biden family suggested, shrugging off concerns about the risk of uh, to a 2020 presidential bid. Meanwhile, Mr. Fauci, he's given an estimate on when the U.S. may get back to some semblance of normalcy, some semblance. Well, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the top infectious disease expert in the U.S., said recently in an online discussion that if a significant number of Americans get vaccinated, he estimates a return to some semblance of normalcy by the end of 2021 or 2022. 
He made the comments while speaking with Australia's University of Melbourne about the coronavirus. According to the report, Fauci said the new normal could still mean restaurants do not serve at full capacity and the public continuing to wear face masks indoor. He calls the coronavirus herd immunity approach nonsense and very dangerous. Well, celebrities are ripping California Governor Newsom over his coronavirus Thanksgiving rules. And again, Fauci reminds the public that you cannot abandon public health measures, even with a COVID-19 vaccine. UC Berkeley scientists are examining human waste in sewers for signs of coronavirus hotspots. Wouldn't want that job. Pentagon leaders have been targeted by potential threats linking to the uh, killing of the Iranian general Soleimani. And CNN's Don Lemon compares uh, Trump supporters to drug addicts, saying they have to hit rock bottom to get help. Glenn Greenwald speaks out on leaving the intercept over censorship, saying he's embarrassed and angry. Well, shares of Twitter have plunged as users, uh, user growth has slowed, and Instagram pauses its recent search listings on its U.S. site to stop fake election news. Delta Airlines and the pilots' unions have reached a tentative deal to avoid furloughs until 2022, and Netflix has hiked the prices of its standard and premium plans for new and existing members. Black franchises of McDonald's have filed a new discrimination lawsuit. Um, we'll follow that story as it develops. Meanwhile, the FBI has opened a criminal investigation into Hunter Biden, only it was opened in 2019, and it's ongoing. Charlie Kirk points out the FBI was investigating Hunter Biden's overseas business deals in December of 2019, while Donald Trump was being impeached for simply questioning those same deals. Why are we just learning about this investigation now, he asks. James Rosen points out that Tony Bobolinsky uh, says that uh, he was questioned by six FBI agents with counsel present for five hours on the 23rd of October, listing him as a material witness in an ongoing investigation fo- focused on Hunter Biden and his, his associates. His cell phones were examined. Guy Benson points out, I've never been hot on this story, but the Department of Justice confirms existence of an investigation. Bobolinsky has documentary evidence. Biden's campaign won't deny his specific accusations or authenticity of evidence. How can this be summarily ignored or dismissed as a smear? Well, that's a good question. Hey, you're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Need to take a quick break, but we will be back to continue taking a look at the news. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Just a reminder, later this hour, we'll take a look at the lighter side of the news. Well, a pollster says, uh, says rather that many of the presidential race um, predictors have it wrong. Well, of course, that's not really news if you were paying attention in 2016. Jim Lee of Susquehanna Polling and Research isn't some um, hair-on-fire conservative. He's just looking at the numbers. He says that the race right now in the uh, Thunderdome-like state of Pennsylvania is a dead heat. But he believes that it um, uh, turnout trends continue. Donald Trump will win a second term. Trafalgar Group has Trump up two in Michigan, nine points more favorable to Trump than any other polling in the past uh, two weeks. Many are criticizing the Trafalgar Group results. The head uh, explained why his results are different. But again, these are all interesting, but tell us very little in terms of what's going to actually happen until it's actually happened. In Georgia, the GOP tends to get slightly more than the RCP polling average shows. Right now, the average is tied, which suggests the GOP will win, but barely. Also, the percentage of the vote that is um, is black is uh, 
greater than 30 percent, which trends uh, tends to indicate a weaker election for the uh, Georgia Democrats still four days uh, to go. Well, the percentage of voters who refuse to say who they're voting for has increased in Wisconsin, and it goes on from there. Well, despite the doom and gloom coming out of Democrats and the media from the story, Thursday's GDP report looks like the long-predicted V-shaped recovery after the second quarter lockdowns induced collapse. The rebound was almost across the board. Personal consumption uh, contributed 25.27 percentage points to the growth and uh, 16.4 Uh, from services, 9.24 from goods. Industries most hurt by spring lockdowns bounced back strongly, including motor vehicles, health care, and even food services and recreation. The economy is roaring back. Susan Collins' opponent says that she might support court packing, and Morrissey calls it out, saying a strange move for a challenger whose main mission is to convince voters in Maine that she's a reasonable alternative to Susan Collins. We'll see how the voters there interpret that and other statements. Meanwhile, rapper Lil Wayne he has tweeted an apparent endorsement of Donald Trump. He was nearly has nearly 35 million followers on Twitter. Uh, from ABC News, Lil Wayne, who name dropped Trump in songs like Racks on Racks, uh, rapping Get Money Like Donald Trump, voiced support for Democratic presidential nominee Hillary Clinton in 2016. Lil Wayne uh, endorses the Platinum Plan, which is a uh, plan for from the Trump administration. Partisan hacks slammed the rapper after he appeared to endorse the president. The left is fuming, and um, Hugh Hewitt says antidotal evidence is evidence of antidotes, but this is a very interesting antidote, so make of it what you will. Well, shops are boarding up in anticipation of election violence. Law enforcement agencies from Washington to Los Angeles are bracing for planned protests, spontaneous demonstrations, and potential rioting on Election Day when 2020's political tension reaches a breaking point. Thousands are expected to take to the streets for election demonstrations that will dovetail with racial justice protests still unfolding in cities like Philadelphia and here in Portland. Police agencies won't rule out civil uh, unrest that rivals or exceeds the widespread upheaval that followed the death of George Floyd this summer. Stores are gearing up in case uh, peacefulness intensifies again. Presumably that will not be uh, the case. Philadelphia firefighters are voting to uphold their endorsement of Donald Trump near two to one vote. And Hollywood producer David Gallad has been charged with rape, sexual assault and kidnapping. The story notes that he's the latest Hollywood mogul to be swept up in the Me Too movement, which led to industry mogul Harvey Weinstein's 23 year jail sentence for rape and sexual assault in March. And African-Americans make up a large percentage of new gun owners seeking to protect their families in these uncertain times and with police uh, uh, forces reducing their numbers. The GOP wins one. The Eighth Circuit Court has said absentee ballots counted in Minnesota must be received by Election Day. An email marketing firm MailChimp warns it may censor content. And uh, I'm not Uncle, Uncle Tom. That's a quote from Flint, Michigan, Democrat Councilman Maurice Davis endorsing Donald Trump. Well, Tucker Carlson says UPS can't explain how the flash drive with Biden's documents got separated from the package. Imagine that. And add Florida to the list of swing states where early voting data favors a Trump victory. Elizabeth Warren will make the case to be Biden's Treasury Secretary, according to Politico. So between Bernie Sanders being the Labor Secretary and Warren heading up the Treasury, the economy would be in great socialist hands. Well, the sky is falling. The election and COVID 
Anxiety sparks a new run on grocery stores. And Twitter shares plunge as users' growth slows. Weekly jobless claims total 751,000 versus 778,000 expected. And Exxon is cutting 14,000 jobs as the pandemic hits demand for oil. The Wisconsin Republican Party says hackers stole some $2.3 million. Uh, and the man behind the Gretchen Whitmer kidnap plot also wanted to kill Donald Trump. Doesn't really fit the narrative, but apparently he wanted to kidnap or kill everybody. Top U.S. officials have been briefed on an active retaliatory threat against Pentagon leaders. Democrats are looking to slash the defense budget in 2021. The U.S. plans to allow Americans born in Jerusalem to list Israel as their birthplace. A Philadelphia Vietnamese Baptist church is a total loss after thugs burned it down, burned it to the ground Tuesday night as part of the rioting that has gone on there for several days. And California Trump supporters find racism lives here signs planted on their properties. Uh, Daily COVID cases in the U.S. are up by a record 91,000. And Walmart removes guns and ammunition from store displays ahead of the election out of a concern of civil unrest. Jerry Falwell Jr. disingenuously sues Liberty University over his scandal-driven resignation, saying they're ruining his reputation. And a Pakistani court rules that the marriage of a 13-year-old abducted Christian girl to a 44-year-old Muslim man is legitimate. A former Malaysia prime minister claims Muslims have the right to kill millions of French people. And a billion, uh, rather a bill before Canadian Parliament would prevent counselors from affirming patients who reject gender transition. The state trooper dates Governor Andrew Cuomo's daughter and gets transferred close to the Canadian border. A man falls 15 feet through a New York City sidewalk sinkhole and into rat infestation. He was afraid to lift his voice to cry out for help because he was afraid the rats would end up in his mouth. It was that bad. And a 10-foot python has been found under the hood of a Ford Mustang in Florida. Well, the Trump administration uh, strips gray wolves off of the endangered species protection list. Well, this day in history, 1974, Muhammad Ali knocks out George Foreman in the eighth round of the 15-round bout in Kinshasa, Zaire, now Democratic Republic of the Congo, known as the Rumble in the Jungle to regain his world heavyweight title. 1944, the Martha Graham Ballet Appalachian Spring with music by Aaron Copeland premieres in the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C., and Graham is in the leading role. 1945, the U.S. government announces the end of shoe rationing. And 1961, the Soviet Union tests a hydrogen bomb, the Tsar bomb, as they refer to it, with a force estimated at about 50 megatons. Well, as I mentioned, the Vietnamese Baptist Church in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, was burned to the ground on Tuesday night as the Black Lives Matter protests continued there following the police shooting of a black man. And by the way, the parents of that black man, now having seen the video, do not want the police officers charged with murder. I have no idea why they attacked our church. They burn it from the roof. They threw flammable chemicals on the roof and flames burned through the roof, says the pastor, Philip Pham, adding that the building is a total loss. Except for um, bursts of violence throughout Wednesday night, the city began to calm after a city-imposed curfew of 9 p.m. The latest protests are in response to the shooting death of Walter Wallace, a black man who brandished a knife in a confrontation with police on Monday. Meanwhile, in Washington, D.C., several officers have been injured during an attack involving fireworks. Other incidents between protesters and police resulted in the death, uh, resulting from the death, rather, of Karen Hilton, a man who um, was killed on a moped last Friday. Hilton was fleeing from police when he collided with a vehicle.
You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. We're going to take a moment and um, we'll look at we'll t- look at the lighter side of the news. I think we'll make that switch, James. So let's uh, let's take a break and we'll be back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on ninety three point nine KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. We're going to turn our attention to some of the lighter side of the news, and I hope you'll join us as James Blend joins me. How you doing, James? I'm doing all right. Enjoying a Friday and uh, looking forward to the weekend. Yeah, we should remind our listeners that we will uh, the the clock will what does it do? It falls, falls back. back. It falls back. We're gaining another hour in 2020. I feel like I need to issue an apology, but the clock falls back uh, Saturday. What is it? Or I guess it's Sunday morning around 2 a.m. So Saturday night the, is when yeah, most of us. Yeah, we do the 2 a.m. hour twice. Yeah. So most of us uh, set our clocks earlier in the day on Saturday. But nonetheless, that is this weekend. So do make note of it. You don't want to miss your um, <laughs> your online church service. Yeah. The, well, Powell's the- book fans – What's that? I was going to say, the, the meme that's going around, you mentioned 2020, of course, like like we need any extra time in this year. The meme that seems to be going around is getting an extra hour in 2020 is like getting a bonus track on a Yoko Ono album. <laughs> I saw that. that there's accuracy. Yes. <laughs> well, Powell's book fans mostly have had to uh, make do with browsing the iconic local bookstore website over the past six months. The store's brick-and-mortar locations mostly have remained shuttered because of the coronavirus pandemic, although I think the downtown store may be opening. Uh, one solution for those missing the calming thrill of wandering endless bookstore aisles, Powell's new unisex fragrance. Like the crimson, crimson rhododendrons in Rebecca, the heady fragrance of old paper creates an atmosphere ripe with mood and possibility, offers the cheeky product description. It goes on, invoking a labyrinth of books, secret libraries, ancient scrolls, and cognac swilled by philosopher kings, Powell's by Powell's delivers the wearer to a place of wonder, discovery, and magic heretofore only known in literature. So if you like the smell of Powell's, which is basically used books, used books, (laughs) you can pre-order the mood and possibilities available for pre-order at $24.99 on Powell's website. The one ounce limited edition item will be available for shipping later this month. They came up with the idea for Powell's by Powell's after an online survey revealed that the bookstore's customers missed the unique smell of the bookstore. Uh, Powell's was founded in 1971, and I guess it has that 1971 fragrance. It was pioneered combining used and new books on shelves with its um, on-site business still restricted due to the deadly pandemic. The store is struggling to figure out how to stay alive, and this is one way, I guess, to administer life support. Powell's on Powell's. Looking at the The fragrance. Looking at the picture here of the packaging, it looks like the uh, the box it comes in is designed to look like a used book. In fact, so it's uh, well, there you they're go. They're trying to keep the accuracy going pretty uh, heavily with that. But you know, there is a certain thing I would I would certainly not say as a fragrance, but I I don't know about you. It's it's especially in this era of the ebook. Um, you know, I would almost buy an ebook reader that occasionally put out a puff of used book smell because the book smell is part of the appeal of reading to me. And it's it seems so sterile when you're reading an ebook these days because it just doesn't have that same personality to it. You know, you realize that the smell is mildew and mold from musty old books. Just saying. Yeah, oh yeah. I, but uh, you know. Okay. Just make it, just wanted yeah. to make sure. Oh, I, I do. I do. Maybe a little moth thrown in. Well, KFC is bringing back its fried chicken scented fire log. 
for those who are just looking for a, a smell that they've grown to appreciate uh, and maybe even more on lockdown, a crackling fire, roasted chestnuts and fried chicken. Well, that's right. KFC is bringing back its fried chicken scented 11 herbs and spices fire log for a third holiday season. Now, KFC scented log was created in partnership with the Enviro log an eco-friendly consumer product and recycling company. Well, this year, the log will be sold exclusively at select Walmart stores and on walmart.com. The fast food fried chicken chain said the log is designed to make your home smell like fried chicken and feel as warm and as extra crispy as a drumstick in a KFC $20 fill-up. Okay, well, fans of the log or those just curious enough to smell it will have to act fast, to purchase one. KFC says the company sold out uh, last, um, well, the last two years. Earlier this year, KFC announced it was pressing pause on its famous It's Finger Licking Good slogan in the midst of the coronavirus because apparently people aren't smart enough to realize while the slogan may suggest licking your fingers during a coronavirus, it's probably not the best idea. Although if your hands are clean, probably yeah, wouldn't it, make it much difference. Depends on how your hands are clean. Have you made the mistake of licking your fingers after hand sanitizer? <laughs> sanitizer. I have. <laughs> <laughs> or rubbing your eye with a little hand oh, sanitizer in it. Not, yeah. not good. There's, it's one of those things. I'm, you know, as a society, we're not used to regular use of hand sanitizer. So, yeah, I've had foods that uh, taste a little funky and it takes a minute to go, oh, let me go rinse my hands off. That'll help. Yeah. Wash your hands after you've washed your hands. Exactly. Well, we already have a pretty rough idea of everyone's favorite Halloween candy. Now, let's talk about the ones we hate. Apparently, there's a new survey from CandyStore.com, and they've concluded that the absolute worst Halloween candy on the market is candy corn, the tricolor, vaguely triangular treat that seems to be nearly everywhere ahead of Halloween. I have to admit, it's one of my favorites. I can't stop myself eating candy corn, so I'm, I'm a little offended. Well, they say that candy corn slid up into the number one spot this year, knocking circus peanuts, which is also one of my favorites, off of the throne, which is really saying something, wrote CandyStore.com. CandyStore.com came up with its list after reportedly surveying some 30,000 of its customers. They never called me on their least favorite Halloween candy, and mashed those findings with data from 12 prominent online rankings of the best and worst candies. Now, those that ranked lowest on the online list received a score of 10 points, while those that ranked highest were scored, well, one point. Everything was tallied together, and when the sugary dust cleared, candy corn ended up on the bottom, a result that somewhat shocked the blogger behind the CandyStore.com survey. Candy corn is nothing special. There are absolutely better candies out there, the site reads. But if you can't enjoy stuffing handful, handfuls of candy corn into your mouth, well, I don't even know what to tell you. But clearly, I'm well in the minority, as am I. Okay, what's the, um, the, the least favorite? Candy corn. Second, which is one of my favorites as well, circus peanuts. Peanut butter kisses uh, was the third least liked. Um, wax cola bottles, and I don't know if they're eating the wax or just drinking the liquid out of them. Uh, number five, Necco wafers. I always liked them. Tootsie Rolls was number six. This is the worst really? Halloween candy. Tootsie Rolls, Smarties, number seven, Licorice, number eight, Good and Plenty, number nine, and Bit of Honey, number ten. Now, I have to admit, if when I was a kid and I was trick-or-treating, 
these would not have been my favorites to receive in that context. But if you're just, you know, picking up candy to eat uh, on this list are several of my favorites. I'm, I'm a little put out. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I, I mostly agree with the list. I've never understood the candy corn thing. I'll be honest, the circus peanut thing. I'm 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 game with that. Uh, you know, and, and I like them as, when they're stale and kind of dry. Why am I not surprised? It sounds a bit like your peep thing. Yeah, it's, same thing. Kind yeah, of marshmallow. That makes sense. Okay, I could buy that. Um, you know, as far as the peanut butter kisses, I mean, it's it's one of those things. I think it's those once you get away from the original formula of the Hershey Kiss, it's like any of the other products. You're really hit and miss when you come up with these bizarre variations, like you know, cheesecake Oreos and stuff. <laughs> yeah, just leave cheesecake to cheesecake and Oreos to Oreos. I should say that on the other end of the findings, CandyStore.com determined that Reese's peanut butter cups. Snickers, Twix, Kit Kat, and M&M's in that order are at the top five preferred candies uh, during this season. Again, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, the number one, followed by Snickers, Twix, Kit Kat, and M&M's in that order are the top five preferred candies. I like two of them. That helps. Uh, I know you like <laughs> Twix, don't you? Or is it Kit Kat? No, Kit Kats and uh, uh, what, was the la- what was the last one on the list again? It's so memorable. M&M's. M&M's, yes. Yeah. Well, there you go. Then again, I mean, who doesn't like an M&M, really? Well, that's true. That's true. Hey, we're going to take a break here in just a moment. But when we return, we'll take a look at some of the lighter side of the news again. And I should mention that in the 5 o'clock hour, I had the opportunity to host the Christian Outlook. And we'll share that with you. Uh, Albert Moeller will be featured as well as an interview on the uh, discussion, I should say, on the significance of the confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett as an associate justice to the U.S. Supreme Court. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Just a reminder, spring forward, fall back. That's this weekend. Do make a note of it. Well, Burger King is getting a little bit of uh, get a little cheeky this uh, this season with a prank on Ronald McDonald. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest clown of them all? Well, as crazy as it might sound, a Halloween campaign by Burger King made possible by new voice recognition software. It features lights being dimmed <clears throat> in certain Scandinavian restrooms with a vision of Ronald Reagan, Ronald Reagan, <laughs> Ronald McDonald appearing. All one has to say is canceled clown three times in front of the mirror and the software that's installed by a Swedish agency uh, is trained to listen for that phrase. If it hears it three times, it dims the lights, makes a noise and plays visual effects on a screen behind the two-way smart mirror. Campaign also is uh, being featured in Denmark. Well, a Burger King spokesman said a few years ago, a particular clown got abruptly canceled from his long-standing job at a certain hamburger chain. Uh, but this Halloween, he's back at Burger King restrooms. If you dare to summon him, it might be worth your while. So apparently, Ronald McDonald is appearing on the mirrors of Burger King restrooms uh, during this season in some Scandinavian countries. That is bizarre. A lot of trouble. It's very bizarre. A lot bizarre. of trouble, though I would say a personal preference think I'd rather see Ronald Reagan. <laughs> just saying. Yes, I just want to clarify, you will not <clears throat> see Ronald Reagan if you summon uh, the clown phrase. Well, they're a, a pair of twins. They're absolutely darling. They're, 
I'd say four or five years old. But um, these twins are wearing Trump and Biden costumes for Halloween. Their mother says, every year I put my twin girls in some ridiculous Halloween costume, and this year is no different, the twins' mom said on TikTok. Well, if these aren't the cutest little diametrically opposed presidential candidates we've ever seen. Well, this mom in Oklahoma claims that she's been waiting for years to dress her twin girls as the 2020 presidential can, uh, candidates. So it's no surprise she didn't spare a single detail. Andrea Garza of Edmond told Fox News that she first came up with a costume idea right after her twins were born back in 2016. The twins were born two weeks before the 2016 election. We've always gone all out when it comes to the, the holiday or the day. And she immediately knew that she was going to dress them as the candidates in 2020. Well, it would appear that she has also used the past four years to fine tune her idea, zeroing in on several tiny touches to make the costumes um, that are much more true to life than you might imagine. Well, she hunted some uh, a couple of boys suits. She found some flag pins. Uh, she knew she had to put uh, Biden in a mask and his signature aviator sunglasses uh, and uh, adding that to, she used a uh, spray tan on her tiny Trump uh, white hairspray on the itsy bitsy uh, Biden. Anyway, these two are just absolutely hilarious. Um, one of the twins is dressed as Donald Trump and she, she's got the blonde hair and the Trump pouty lips, uh, her mother says. And the other Haven is dressed as Joe Biden. She loves spraying her hair um, white as well. Uh, just a very clear, I wish you could see the visual of these two little girls with their hair just the way each of the candidates would have them. Um, the, the one with the pouty lips, who is Donald Trump, is sort of pooching them out with a thumbs up um, while his opponent, Biden, standing right next to her, is uh, seen wearing the mask. Very clever little costumes for the uh, for the occasion. Well, scientists have discovered the first nest of so-called murder hornets in the United States and plan to wipe it out and have done so now, according to officials in Washington state. Well, this is after weeks of searching. The agency said it found the nest of Asian giant hornets in Blaine. That's uh, north of Seattle. For those of you in Oregon near the Canadian border, bad weather delayed plans to destroy the nest last um, the Friday before last. The world's largest hornet at two inches Oh, two inches long. The invasive insects can decimate entire hives of honeybees and deliver painful stings to people. Farmers in the northwest U.S. Uh, depend on those honeybees to pollinate many crops, including raspberries and blueberries. And despite their nickname, the hype around the insect that's uh, stirred fears in an already bleak year, the hornets kill at um, most a few dozen people a year in Asian countries. And experts say it's uh, probably far less. Meanwhile, hornets, wasps and bees typically found in the United States kill an average of 62 people in the year, according to the Centers for Disease Control. I'm not sure how many people just simply drop dead, though, on seeing the two inch uh, murder hornets, the hive of which has now been destroyed in Washington. But it's getting a little close to home from my uh, perspective. I was just saying, starting next uh, Monday, I think, I think I'm going to start doing the show from Medford. Uh, <laughs> just kind of go closer to the other border with the other state. Uh, yeah, because this be Washington border is a little too close. Being where it's sorry, Vancouver, uh, but you get left behind in this scenario. Uh, because yeah, we're 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 running away. We don't want any murder hornets. I I can't. <laughs> my heart cannot take that. 
Oh, and such a name as well. Well, a wildlife expert has posed as an elderly woman in order to trap an aggressive turkey. Now, there's a story behind this, I'm sure. You don't want this bird at your Thanksgiving table, they tell us. He is notoriously foul. He spent months attacking people in the Bay Area before it was finally captured last week by a wildlife expert posing as an elderly woman. A woman. I don't know, <laughs> you know how the turkey viewed elderly women. Nicknamed Gerald, the belligerent bird, he ruffled the feathers of Oakland residents for about five months, pouncing on visitors to the neighborhood's uh, Rose Garden. Officials were forced to close the park in June out of concern for public safety. This is all because of a turkey. Well, the Oakland Animal Services said it had uh, received dozens of complaints about the aggressive gobbler, whose favorite target seemed to be older women. Well, residents described the turkey charging at them, jumping on them, clawing and pecking incessantly as they tried to run away. Well, Gerald has finally caught, uh, was finally caught last Thursday by the Director of Wildlife Emergency Services, who disguised herself as a frail, elderly woman and baited the bird with blueberries, kibble, and sunflower seeds. The bird had no hope at all, no chance. When Gerald predictably charged at her, well, she said she scuffed, (laughs) scruffed the turkey, grabbed him by the neck in a way that doesn't hurt the bird. Um, He was then released into the wild uh, at some distance away from populated areas. So the bird was just released into the wild never to um, intimidate residents again. They can be very aggressive from what I understand. Yeah, they they definitely can. I mean, I've seen, I've definitely seen where, uh, uh, you know, pictures of legs with the, of, you know, turkey farmers with the very visible scars from beaks and stuff that, uh, yeah, that one tore through my jeans, you know, that kind of thing. It's like, oh yeah, no, 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 no. Let me just eat them. I'll, 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 I'll just eat. I'm happy to eat. Take yours on the table. Yep. Well, a lawnmower, uh, lawnmower robots electronic cries for help foiled a thief's plan to make off with the grass cutting automation. Uh, German police said on Friday that a homeowner in the western town of Lipstadt was surprised on Tuesday evening with a smartphone message from the robot that it had flipped upside down. When he went outside to the lawn to check the device, he spotted a thief with the robot tucked under his arm. Caught in the act, the thief dropped the robot and fled. Well, officers searched the area but didn't locate the suspect. Police are calling for any possible witnesses to come forward. But I suppose that's one of the disadvantages of having a robot lawnmower, which, by the way, I would love to have. It just does what a Roomba does, only outside. But it's also a temptation and fairly easy to uh, carry off, I suppose. But uh, if it is connected with your smartphone, apparently it will give you some sort of an alarm that something's wrong. It won't tell you that I'm being carted off by a thief, but it will at least tell you something's wrong. And presumably you can catch them in the act. Gotta love it. Well, Tupperware has sort of fallen out of favor until the pandemic. Apparently Tupperware that relied on social gatherings for explosive uh, for their sales is now enjoying explosive growth in the mid 20th century or did in the 21st century. It's the social distancing that's fueling the sales. So just the opposite of what made it popular in the 20th centuries. Um, r- restaurant um, pain has turned into Tupperware's gain with millions of people in a pandemic opening cookbooks again, looking for solutions to leftovers. And they found it again in Tupperware. Suddenly uh, it's a brand five decades old, but is experiencing another glory day. So if you uh, enjoy Tupperware but uh, simply haven't been able to get what you've been looking for, it's back. And apparently people are using it and buying it at uh, greater rates than they have since the last century. So congratulations to Tupperware 
that's soaring during a pandemic. So there's your silver lining if you were looking for one. Well, there you go. I mean, and that I was also see. Speaking of silver linings, I noticed uh, this morning that uh, for those who are a fan, and I'm not one, but I know they, those who are devoted are really devoted, uh, that the McRib is coming back this uh, December. Yes, I did see that. I and, did, I've uh, never eaten one. It doesn't appeal to me. But No, it doesn't appeal to me either. But the people who swear by them, I mean, their fans are very devoted. And, uh, you know, it, hey, uh, you know, good on McDonald's for, um, you know, making a little highlight for some folks in 2020, I guess. Yeah, it's a seasonal item and it's coming back. Well, we are out of time. Up next, we're going to uh, hear from the Christian Outlook. I had the opportunity to host, so I hope you will enjoy that. News and traffic up next. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Thanks for listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like to download a podcast of the show or would like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com or on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at GRice Show and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ.